0: Just stop talking <laughs> shit about Nicole Kidman long enough to start the show. Hi! Hi, welcome, welcome to, to Couples Couple skate. skate I'm Emma Arnold. And I'm Pidge. And we got Alex back here. Uh we have quite a fancy setup today. New camera, uh, light fillers, the whole business. Look at us. It's we were just talking before we started about how funny it is that we used to do this without Alex. <laughs> And every week, people would be like, and I literally recorded it on my phone. And people would be like, "Hey, love the show! I could really help you with the audio if you wanted." And then Alex came into our life, and now we have a proper, proper live stream, proper setup, the whole thing. So that's great. And the puppies are running around. We
1: should have some content to fill this. you know,
0: official setup. No, and that's yet, not, here you we are, what? we're like, what are we talking about? That's not what podcasts are for. Uh, last week, somebody commented on the live stream. Someone, I think his name oh, was, was great. uh, absolute troll or something <laughs> like that. But he commented, Hey, this isn't a skating video. This is just two jaded prunes complaining. And I was like, have you never listened to a podcast before? That's every podcast is just jaded prunes, jaded prunes complaining. But also I feel like that's the kind of, um, insult that would have like maybe hurt my feelings in my 30s and now i'm just like this guy gets it like he get, like i was i was literally like should we change the bio to jaded prunes complaining because i felt so seen i was like that's what i am well you know it made me feel good because it prunes
1: suggests shriveled up and i've been feeling like every time i look at the po- the podcast that
0: i'm all bloated
1: up <laughs> Yeah. so i was like oh at least he thinks i look Pr- are you kidding
0: me prunes are dewy <laughs> have you touched a prune they're very sticky they're not a dry and raisin situation yeah i know i was like i love a prune personally so i was actually very flattered but uh yeah I I think it's a funny like I've we have gotten that comment a couple times from dudes who are just like this is just two women talking on their patio like, and I'm so like
1: what is every other podcast you're listening to uh, yeah oh, because it's
0: men because it's okay for men to just <laughs> kvetch about nothing for two hours but when two women do it about things that affect them guys are like this this isn't about man stuff it's boring oh but we have a man thing to talk about we have oh. two man things we have oh, this is going to be a very uh, testosterone heavy podcast actually. <laughs> Um, I'm excited to talk about this first thing really because when you sent me the picture um, I was stunned but tell me tell me how your kid got dropped off the other day
1: no she picked him up oh she picked him up so yeah Bodhi's mom showed up and you have to Google this because I had never seen this before and you have to see it you and do. and dave was like oh my god you're not gonna believe this okay so you have to google
0: 22 corvette yeah
1: a 2022 corvette because his mom picked him up in this 2022 corvette
0: which is not let's be i want people to be clear in case they don't google it's it it's not a, it's classic, not a corvette. classic corvette no, no no it's a really specific it looks like a child's toy Uh, I said that it looks like
1: a child's toy that you would get at the dollar store in like 1987.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It looks, uh, it really does look like what a nine year old boy thinks a car is. (laughs) (laughs) If you had him draw like his favorite car, that's what Bodhi got picked up in the other day. That's what his mom.
1: And my immediate response was like, I was so embarrassed. (laughs) I could, I, it was like, I thought about it. I was like, "It's like watching
0: somebody publicly masturbate."
1: <laughs> yes, it is. It, it is
0: because it's so a, embarrassing. We uh, afterward, I was thinking about it, and because I, I was like, "What is it about specifically this car that is so funny to me?" Uh, it's a it's, mood. It's it's because like first of all, she's a woman driving what is clearly like a man's uh, midlife crisis.
1: Midlife crisis, which like not even in 2022 though. No. it feels like really a throwback.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, it's really, it's just a funny, like, I don't know if a, a man was to get like a Porsche, I, I don't know anything about cars really, but like a Porsche or whatever it is. Like when you, when you see a guy and he's like really kind of going through it and he's got the hair plugs and he's got a, right or like one of those swanky Range Rover SUV, right? Thing. Yeah. Something like that. I almost can kind of see that. Cause like, he's just kind of like, I need something that makes me feel Young and energetic, and like you know, he's like got a sports car, but a Corvette, like an like a, this new Corvette to me is it's such an odd. It, it's just a real choice, is what it is. <laughs> it's a real choice, and I I'm fascinated by why she was like this is the one, and also because like you said, it's broadcasting something. Stuff like that always is fascinating to me because she's she's specifically trying to broadcast something right and
1: what and and i feel like i don't know that language because that language is spoken on another
0: planet yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) it was so
1: alien it looked like yeah i was like oh is batman here you know like
0: (laughs) yeah it it, (laughs) is were we expecting batman (laughs) (laughs) it does look like a batmobile it does it really does not a cool way in a But in the way that the Batmobile,
1: like it, also the way that it moves, it's like really loud and really low to the ground. So if you're like in an old neighborhood, you know, it's making this rumbling noise. And the thing about the Batmobile to me always looked like it's not really like a car that you could drive on a road. It it doesn't move in a way that feels natural to the what you're saying is she's
0: fighting crime that's what
1: you're saying she's she's taking up a life might, it might be a crime
0: <laughs> car may be a crime it was that's very funny to me and i i felt like because you were saying you know what does bodie think of it like what does it what does it mean to be a kid with a mom who has a corvette like that and I, I don't know. I mean, does he think it's super cool? Like, does was he I'm like... I'm sure oh that Bodhi gosh. thinks it's super because cool. But it is. Boy. It's like
1: an ideal car for an adolescent mind. But what yeah. I don't understand is how his mind processes this car, but also that it's his mom driving it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, what happens to a kid whose mom has that car? <laughs> who's making those <laughs> kinds of choices? I, I don't... And it's it's really foreign to me because I grew up with, like... You know, Little Miss 1950s mom with like a perky ponytail and like, you know, makes your Halloween costumes mom. Yeah. And so I am like, what happens when your mom looks like a high class hooker? <laughs> but no, she doesn't look like a high class no, hooker. No, but she doesn't. She,
0: her car does. Yeah. Just her car. Which is part of the interesting thing is like if she when she gets out, she kind of just looks like she looks a like mom. a frumpy mom. She just looks like a mom, you know? And like, so the, even that, like, I feel like i personally every but time but that's
1: always who drives those cars is the people that you're like you see that car and you're like "Ooh, who's gonna be driving this car and you think it's gonna be like some slick- Ooh,
0: someone really interesting and then they pull up and you're like oh that guy's just an accountant it's right. all he's exactly. just an accountant he's been
1: saving up for yeah. that for 40 years yeah
0: yeah yeah well, um, that was very testosterone-y I felt like um and the other thing is uh we were talking about watching the righteous gemstones mm, i um, love that show and so much. i appreciate that show so much and then the kids last night made me watch peacemaker which i definitely wouldn't have watched you know it's like a dc universe superhero show uh, with john uh sienna senna cena john cena see what a mom thing to say <laughs> oh that john sienna's a nice man huh <laughs> he'd carry your groceries but i would never have watched it but the kids were like you got to watch this with us and i did and uh i you know what i'm gonna say recommend i'm really? gonna tell you i'm it. it's well i mean regardless i won't be watching it but
1: that's not well, because of the it, lack the, of recommendation the, i just
0: don't ever watch a movie in the same vein of like righteous gemstones where like they take something uh something absurd and then they just push it all the way out there Peacemaker does the same thing. And it, and it is really delightful. And I was going to say, I really appreciated there was a moment in the show where uh, the one of the lesbian characters is doing a slideshow on her iPad and she accidentally shows a picture of her uh, girlfriend's vagina. And then she's like, oh, shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I just want to say to HBO, I appreciate you showing genitals so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it on such an, a sincere level because... First, righteous gemstones is why I started with that is because they show so much penis in that show. Just constant (laughs) penis. Constant. But I really, I love it (laughs) because I feel like usually in television and movies, uh, the female form is so vulnerable all the time and the male form is fully clothed. I mean, how many times have you seen something where every man in the scene is fully clothed and there's a naked woman or like you know some 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 variation of that where like the men are fully clothed or in underwear and women are so naked and vulnerable and i really love the scene in righteous gemstones where that that guy is just like very mediocre ochre ochre cock is out in the background (laughs) it's out in the background for like a solid two minutes during a monologue and i just appreciate seeing a media like just a regular penis on stage for or i mean on screen for like two minutes i just really appreciate that and more penis i think penis should be in more things and i feel like as a society we would grow so much if men were exposed to other men's penises more if all of us were if we just all if there was always just a little dong in everything
1: okay. your thoughts <laughs> i feel like um yeah i i don't really like seeing it but that's because i don't i think that the penis and the male form isn't necessarily um, appealing in the way that a woman's body usually or frequently is. You know what's so
0: funny is I feel like every woman says this and I think it's because we are all actually lesbians like to some degree every woman is like I don't really find men's bodies appealing. (laughs) Well you know I always call it
1: the mess mess. (laughs) because it's just like a mess down there it's like all these different shapes and then hair and then like the the thighs with the freckles or the you know I feel like yeah it's messy it's like messy. a woman's form is very is often just it's 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 more of um, sculptural almost mm-hmm. like the the pieces flow into other pieces yeah well Where, I mean well, even on the sh- with
0: the balls and the dick and I mean it's very out there it's like messy. Yeah, and it's flopping around, you know, it does seem vulnerable. You know, it seems like a a tough way to live for sure. I I like naked people in general. Uh, I like to see naked people. Um, but so I don't know. I like the male form a lot too, and I like men's bodies a lot, and I actually like penises. Like I think penises are. Um, they are like you just good said. Good. Good. <laughs> I like them. I do. I love well, I like I like all the genitals, but I like I
1: mean like in a on a screen. You know, it's yeah. not no, like Yeah. No, but I
0: like it too because But, again, because like no, I think I, it's, it's because, a because really I'm, good nosy. Point. It's I'm nosy. It's cuz I'm nosy. I like to know things about people and so seeing a person's penis is very uh, it's you know it's a very vulnerable thing more so kind of, like you said than a vagina in some ways like when they showed on that show on Peacemaker when they showed the woman's vagina for a second it's kind of just bush and some labia but you're not really getting the full deal you don't know you don't know what's happening with the ovaries none of your business you don't know what's happening with the cervix most of you don't even know what that means you <laughs> know never even heard the word you know and I think so I think like that there's some truth to that like it is really just all kind of out there but I just appreciate HBO throwing it into shows because I feel like it's it's like good for everybody it's good it's good for everybody to be like what if what if the guys were a little more vulnerable and we saw some dick instead of just always tits 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 you know it also kind of desexualizes the whole thing yeah you know where it's just kind of like yeah I saw pussy last night on a show with my children. <laughs> it just was a thing we all did as a family together. Uh, yeah. Okay. But Peacemaker is good. I, you might not watch it, but uh, it it does kind of feel like Righteous Gemstone style, like ridiculous, absurd. They make a wonderful uh, Louis C.K. joke, which mm. I was thinking about afterward. I was like, I think this is the first time in anything, any show or movie I've seen where like they, John Cena, John Cena literally makes fun. It's just like, oh, gross. You're acting like Louis C.K. right now. You got your dick out. You're showing it to people. Like, oh, that's gross. That's gross. And I was like, I don't see anybody. Like, James Gunn actually did what nobody else has been willing to do, which is just straight up uh, Skewer skewer him. But also, like, turn him into... You know how like Richard Gere, the gerbil thing, the gerbil rumor got out and ruined his career. (laughs) But that didn't happen to Louis CK because he's a comedian. So nobody like made fun of him and was just like, gross, you're like a guy who puts his dick out in situations. I think
1: the real truth of it is that actually what ruins people is mockery, Mm -hmm. not shame. Yes. yeah, Because they don't feel shame for their actions. They feel like, you know, what's the big deal? but i think when you make fun of somebody that's really what um hurts. i yeah. think that's true. Yeah. When you become a joke.
0: Yeah, and and that's i haven't seen anybody else do that with louis ck and i really appreciated that james gunn had written in this joke just like uh and and reemphasized it like five times where he just kept saying it and i was like and john cena like leans into it really hard and i was like Man, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I really, I really like that since he's, he had zero other consequences. Like maybe we just make him into a Richard Gere style joke, you know, (laughs) poor Richard Gere. Just apparently that didn't even ever happen.
1: Um, yeah, what I really love about the righteous gemstones, which I feel like is one of the hardest things to do, which is write dialogue for people that are really stupid and the dialogue oftentimes is really bad because the people are stupid but i i think if you're a smart person writing it, it oftentimes if you're writing for, for characters that are dumb you write up for them mm-hmm. and they seem more sophisticated but that does not happen in righteous gemstones like they
0: just say dumb stuff and, and it it's, seems
1: so believable and they're
0: all played so well like all the actors in that play everything so well but also Uh, what i love is how they capture the sibling dynamic yes i don't think i've ever seen anything capture a sibling dynamic quite so well where like you know oh stop it don't and everybody's like always kind of mean to each other and
1: uh i mean the only other place that i remember that dynamic because as a person with siblings it does really strike you is the wes anderson movie um where they're on the train, the limited, the Dirty dealing Limited. Mm-hmm. And it's three brothers on this train. And they, they have those in- exchanges um, that are it's like that co- competition and uh, infighting and in jokes. Yeah. They're able to do that. But absolutely the best siblings. Which is
0: such a like I watch my sons because I have kind of a weird like I have three stepsisters and two half brothers and one biological brother who is five years younger than me and I kind of raised um, part of the time. So like I have, I don't feel like I have like a real sibling dynamic with any of my siblings. I have kind of like weird third stepsister trying to fit in in energy and like I raised you. I'm your mom energy with my brothers, you know, so I I watching my, my sons like they're so, uh, alternately mean and then kind to each other where uh, like the other day they were making fun of each other and being you know like making being mean and i was like i want you guys to start hyping each other up like instead of like always teasing each other and making fun of it what if you started hyping each other up instead which then they just roasted me for like an hour because they were like what a mom thing to say oh okay no which they're right i guess but you uh, look great today. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the perfect shirt for your <laughs> pants. Yeah. They were just like, we're not doing that. That's not. And they were like, leave us alone. It's not the vibe. Like we have our own thing going on. You don't have to tell us. And I was like, OK, but but yeah, I definitely I love Righteous Gemstone because I feel like they capture this, this, that like animosity and competition like all of those things that you end up doing with your siblings i think it's so perfect yeah
1: trying to get your parents to like you the best
0: yeah oh yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and also it's one of those shows also an intimate knowledge of each other and an intimate knowledge of what would hurt the other person Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that i feel like is um reminds me of being a teenager with siblings yeah it's just like oh man you can just skewer your siblings so great because you're just aware of the nuances of their insecurities that's why i don't i think that's
0: why i never really fought with my sisters was because i as even as a child knew that i was like too good at it and we would start fighting and they would say stuff to me that like you know bothered me but didn't heartbreak me but i always knew like Maybe just from, you know, already as a child having that comedian shithead brain. Like, I always knew what exactly what buttons would be the worst to push. And I would always be like, well, I can't play this game with you guys. <laughs> I, I my win. claws are too <laughs> sharp. And I you guys are. yeah. I just played it. You just played. I, but that, that's biological. I think you when you're f- biological, maybe because I was the one stepsister, too, really? is like biological. You you know, there's love there at the end of the day. But yeah, as a but stepsister, so like
1: my my brother still does that to me. And I'm always like, um, I'm in my forties now. Can you stop like <laughs> leaving our relationship at 14, 16? It's so annoying.
0: You know, He's like, you responded just like a sister. It's so annoying. <laughs> He's so annoying. <laughs> he oh my God. So Mom. <laughs> well, I love it. And I also love that show partly because it, you know, with everybody always being like, you can't say anything anymore. You just get canceled. Like righteous gemstone does shit. That is so awful and offensive and so well and as it's funny because i think people forget like as long as you're not trying to be the hero of the story you can be terrible mm-hmm. you can write a story about a person who is awful and uh and get away with it you just can't be like but at the end of the day you have to like him and yeah you, ha- you can't be mad at him so <laughs> that's where people kind of go wrong with that i feel like um i'm also reading i've been reading uh rereading this fantasy series uh, called The Prince of Nothing, and uh, I read it a long. I read it a couple of times, but I haven't read it in a long time. And Calvin and Henry have both gotten big, and like all of a sudden they're reading a ton. Wow. I've tried to make my kids into readers like, their whole life, and they were just never into it. And then all of a sudden they're like reading a bunch. So I've been like recommending stuff that I liked when I was their age. But I thought I think I've been a reread these because the last uh, book series, I, fantasy book series I recommended was Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time and then to, so the person I recommended him to was like have you read these in a while? And I was like no and I went back and I was like oh my god like I was so mortified that I had recommended it. First of all there is so much spanking in those books like it's just a spanking fetish book which is fine if that's what you're looking for uh, but it's so bad and so corny and uh, so I was worried that would happen and it's very sexist and cheesy but they did make a really great amazon prime show out of it uh, if you haven't seen the wheel of time on amazon prime it's actually really fun and it's kind of like middle earthy you know and fun but this book i've been was rereading it and it's one of those books where you're like um we've talked about before where like a male author so most of the most of the characters are male obviously because it's a male fantasy author and um there but there are like a, three female characters sort of thrown into the mix and one of them is a prostitute. And you can just feel the whole time he's writing her how proud of himself that he is that he wrote her as a person. Like he's always like, Esbonette had uh, an intellect surprising for a woman. And you're like, you're not I can feel like he you can feel that he's like, I wrote I wrote a really strong woman character. I'm like that you are constantly reminding us is a prostitute and therefore not human. And also you're <laughs> constantly reminding us that like it's really surprising how smart she is because she's a woman. It's so but like you can also feel how proud he is. Like that he wrote this woman character. And the other woman character is really pretty. And the third woman character that's it, that's her entire bag, as she's very pretty um that's the character i want to be yeah <laughs> that's me i, just I don't be care really pretty. about
1: anything except i just want to be the one no that they say other, like,
0: she's pretty no other defining <laughs> characteristics well she also worships the main character like oh, a god of course. so there's that of course and then the third main character is, or th- she's not a main character she's very side the third female character is the mother of the emperor who is uh old and therefore disgusting <laughs> and it's very funny because you're like this is, I, I hadn't read these in so long. And obviously, when I recommend them to the kids, because I still think they're a fun, f- trashy fantasy read, whatever. But when I recommend them to the kids, I would be like, these are very sexist. And there's so much homoerotic sex in here. Like, that's the other thing I love, like, seeing penises on HBO. I love reading books and knowing that if there's a sex scene, you are getting a very deep glimpse into the author's sexual psyche. That is template shit right there. Even if you're writing fiction, people's template comes through, especially if you read more than one book by someone, their template comes through so strong. And this guy's like, I'm a cuckold, just so you know. Wrote these six books and also I am a cuckold.
1: I'm so jealous that your kids are being readers. I I don't think it's going to ever happen for Bodhi because he has such um, extreme uh, um, dyslexia.
0: Two of my kids do too, but they listen to books and they've yeah. become really big he into books. He audiobooks. doesn't seem to
1: be interested in those at all. And um, yeah, we've. Mm. What Dave says is he can
0: read. <laughs> 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 well, That's as far as we're going. He can read. <laughs> I I am surprised. I mean, it's I, I feel like it's probably because of the pandemic and they've reached a state of boredom where like they have watched everything, they've played all the video games. Uh, you know they've just done everything and they're so bored they're finally like I guess I'll read a book and they're not happy about it but I bought them like some some stuff and threw, them, threw it out there and I've I for years been like you might enjoy this and they're always like I'm not reading that but they're starting to actually read so that's been pretty fun yeah
1: my sister was wanting to get Bodie like the Harry Potter books and I was like well first of all he's 16 so yeah. he's not reading Harry Potter and she's like yeah but they're so great and I was like well you know i enjoyed harry potter at a certain time and now i can not enjoy harry potter ever again um but also like i think that's something that has to be like a like a big series like that you have to be young and get into it yeah you'd be eight yeah you know you can't be 16 and like start harry potter
0: I don't think you can, and especially. I mean,
1: even though I read it when I was, because it came out when I was in college. But
0: (laughs) me too. But we we were all we were all part of a moment together. Like part of what was fun about Harry Potter at the time, I feel like, was being part of something that we were all collectively reading and talking about in a way that hadn't happened in a long time, or
1: or ever. Because that was one of the that I what I remember about it was I had my own house, and I ordered for the very first time, a book from Amazon, Mm -hmm. I pre-ordered it. And that was like book five, I think. And it arrived on the day that it was released. Oh yeah. And that had never existed in the world. And it was so exciting. I remember it to this day going to the door and there was my Harry Potter book five Yeah. because Amazon was new and you could pre-order a book to be delivered to you. Yeah, no,
0: we were all part of something. And I don't think now you could, I feel like a kid now, like a sixteen-year-old now, restarting Harry Potter would be like what? It would be,
1: it, there could maybe be like maybe he would like there, it. There's certain kids who would, but I'm just like not my son. Yeah, he's not. He's not gonna all of a sudden get into you know five hundred page books. No, no matter how exciting they are, <laughs> he'll read graphic novels and that's about it. Well, those are plenty Which is good. Fine.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, there's tons and tons of really good graphic novels and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have. Let's talk. Uh. Do you want to talk overheating or do you want to talk faces of death? <laughs> faces of death? Faces of death. Okay. So this popped into my head. Uh, those awful movies? Yes. Oh. So those movies popped into my head like a week ago. And I was thinking how like that is such a generational thing. Like our kids would not... and. It came up and I was kind of discussing it with the kids and they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, when we were kids, there were these movies that I don't even know if they were real or just urban legend, to be honest. Because like you would get into a handful of kids, like say you're at a sleepover or your party. I never saw one, but I definitely heard everybody talking about it. And there would always be like, if you're in it with 10 kids, two kids who claim to have seen it. And everybody else was like, I would never watch that. Oh, my God. You're, you know, and it was like, but it was like a badge of honor to be like, I watched the faces of death movie. And now looking back on it, I'm like, you literally are exposed to that stuff on Twitter like all the time. <laughs> like what what we were so like urban legendy and like, yeah, I saw a guy die on a roller coaster and we were all like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle it. It would kill me. Like I remember just like kids talking about even the kids talking to me at the time about like what was in the faces of death movies. I was like like you know borderline traumatized right. you know like you would be like i couldn't watch it i couldn't watch somebody die now like if you're on twitter you're pr- like if you're not scrolling carefully enough you're probably gonna see somebody die <laughs> probably at some point you're gonna see someone die and i just think like what a strange generational thing that our kids have no idea like what those movies were and also i don't even know still to this day if they were real movies like people would be like i saw faces of Death 12 and i'm like so apparently there's 12 of them <laughs> And people were really watching them. And it was like a bad, it was such a badge of honor to have been one of the kids who could have sat through Faces yeah, of Death. I have
1: no idea. I mean, that's a really good question because so much of the stuff that was, like you said, it was urban legend. And and um, I'm trying to think if I even was in a conversation with anybody or if I was just overhearing, like it was just kind of in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. even remember anybody, like I can't think of a spe- a single specific person who I could say like, oh yeah, they told me they watched it. No, it was always hearsay. It was always somebody, you know, somebody's stepdad, yeah, or something.
0: See, I grew up in a rough little neighborhood, and so a lot of the kids had seen it. Like this guy Jared had seen them all and owned them supposedly. I mean, again, supposedly. But he and then he was like, you know, really into Slipknot and would do anything if you paid him a dollar you know I don't know and again like kids don't know that was like you had no way of verifying if there were 12 faces of death movies you had to you were running you were blind and if Jared said that there were 12 of those you had to be like I guess there's 12 of those like no there was no way to verify any of that you just had to take some kids word
1: yeah I'm not nostalgic for a lot of that stuff but I do feel like it it the it 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 colored your experience and it and it uh, affected the way that you're growing up and the way that you see the world and even like more simple things like phones with cords or you know phone booths or typewriters or record players or just you know things that were very much present in our lives and now don't exist,
0: yeah, you know, like how that like like when um I tried to do a, go to a joke about this the other night, but I don't think it's a joke. But I but I can't stop thinking about it. Like, like when young people today are like, I got ghosted. I'm like, you don't know ghosted. You, you have no idea what it means to be ghosted. You know, like you could date a guy in 1996 and then never hear from him again. No way to follow up. Like... No idea where he lived. No, if you like, you could look in the phone book and that was like your only option for finding someone was the phone book. And now like you could or, check. Or the- like
1: even just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for somebody to call and you would be like tethered to that phone. Oh yeah,
0: I can't like, go anywhere because yeah. this boy might call. Yeah. I can't leave my kitchen because there a boy might call me. Oh my God. Or like my stupid sister would be on the phone so much. Anytime you wanted to call the house, you had to do an emergency breakthrough. <laughs> You would yeah. have to call the operator and be like, "I need you to do an emergency breakthrough," and my my sister would be like, "What?" <laughs> I'd be like, "I need to talk to mom." Oh my god! And then she would, and then she would get off the phone for two and a half minutes. That was before call waiting. That was the whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we had a phone limit
1: which was two minutes you had a two minute two minute phone limit that's wild which we're constantly trying to get around yeah you know but then my like my parents were at work so you never knew when they were going to try and call and the phone would be busy and Uh then so you were like always trying to plan it like if my dad would call then after that I would make a call yeah or you would stay up I remember staying up in like really late and calling my boyfriend and then like my dad would get up and he would I could hear him because his bedroom was above. Like he was listening for me, so I would be really quiet oh my and I would God. just stand there. <laughs> my sister got in huge, huge trouble because her boyfriend, we lived in Caldwell and her boyfriend lived in Boise, which was two different
0: so oh, those were different cities at the cities? time. Yeah.
1: But they had different phone. They, it was like different. Uh, I mean, what is it? Was Area long codes. Distance.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And nobody yeah. even
1: knows what long distance was any, anymore at all. No. But so she would call her boyfriend long distance. And after months and months of this, my mom was like looking through the, the phone bill and realized there was this, this number that had been called and it was all these expensive calls. And so she finally called the number and realized that it was my sister's boyfriend. And it was like $500. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was some <laughs> amount of money that we were like, she'll never be able to pay that back. Yeah. That's like, that's so much money.
0: So, yeah. They just, it's such a different, it's so funny to think of that. Like, just how. You know one of the kids friends was saying she got ghosted by a guy and then she was like and then i saw on instagram that he was posting and i'm like you didn't you still know where this man is <laughs> you know like you don't even you don't even have to assume he's dead <laughs> it's like <or> your hope <laughs> which yeah. speaking of any any updates no updates thank god for that no i i mean best case scenario is
1: i didn't post it like i i I think eventually i will post it on my blog big book of bad dates um just for an update for people who maybe aren't listening to the podcast um but i want everybody to be able to hear it before he might find it and tell me to take it down or something or me have to have an interaction with him but no, although I thought yeah, I need to like look up some more of the um like the emails that he sent me over the years and the chats and and uh provide cuz we had such a good laugh over
0: that poem. I was like, you know, I'm that- just not using this material like I should be. Honestly, that poem, you know, I was thinking later, you got to get him give him credit because the point of poetry is to be memorable and I will <laughs> never forget the line she squirted like a wiggle waggle (laughs) i don't know what it means i don't it's evocative it is evocative i don't know what a wiggle it's i i later was like like a puppy like like how they do the wiggle waggle but like (laughs) she squirted like a wiggle i have no idea i
1: have no idea i'm
0: i hate to say this but it might be the most i mean it might be shakespeare it might outlive (laughs) all of us by 200 years because it's the most evocative. Well, I've never
1: forgotten the line floating like shit
0: upon the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Also you know? very romantic. <laughs> also really evocative.
1: Like, wow, you thought of that. Like, you're upon the sea. Yeah. You know? Shit upon the sea. He's bringing out upon. What was, I
0: think, too, like, um, maybe not everybody saw the pictures that you posted of him. And um, I know we talked plenty about him last week. Did you but, just notice his bedroom eyes? Oh my God. No, I just, I was like he i the pictures are so stunning because like you are so young you're such a child mm-hmm. in them but like he's such a schlubby mm-hmm. like dork you know and
1: he's wearing a t-shirt from the newspaper that we worked at a white t-shirt that has the logo of the newspaper tucked into his jeans
0: with several salsa stains at least.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> a belt. Like, I'm like, you're tucking in your work t-shirt. They, they were. They were like, jeans. And in one of them, yeah, he ha- we're,
0: he's holding a snake. Yeah. He's holding a snake. Of course <laughs> he's holding a snake. Yeah. Really, I've, if you haven't seen those pictures, uh, you should go check them out. What, because-
1: what was striking to me about it, because I had remembered that those photos existed, and I was like, I wonder if I could even find them. Because I think I have... Those and then I have one other picture of us because it wasn't. It was of course during the era where we didn't have phones. We couldn't just take pictures of each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. You had. And so you had to have a camera. Yeah. And you had to get the film developed. So the the pictures are few and far between. But I knew that I had those, and I hadn't realized that. So all my growing up, I had long hair, and my hair in high school was all the way to my butt. It was really really long, and then I went through this like. You know, crisis right before I graduated from high school, and I cut all of my hair off. Like I went from, you know, two feet of hair to no hair.
0: Yeah, you have a cute little pixie. And in those pictures.
1: I, you know, I was feeling really. I mean, to me, I looked like I was having a mental health crisis, and I probably was. I see.
0: You look to me like you're about to break up with a dude because I feel like that's something women always do. Right before you are about to dump somebody, we always cut our hair. You always cut your hair and dye it, you know? Like, I feel like that's such a universal... But
1: I have another picture of him. So after I cut it, my hair is brown in the picture. So I had dyed it brown. Um, But then the other picture that I have of us, my hair is bleach blonde yeah, pixie cut. And I did that before I broke up with him. Yeah. But, you know, he was always breaking up with me. So it wasn't like I had... uh, enough time to make a hair change before (laughs) the next breakup came. But I could just tell, like, I don't look, I don't look stable in it. I feel like I look unmoored. Yeah, you know, I'm really pale, and I'm thin. You're at
0: an adult party with an adult man, and you look a little lost, which is understandable. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. It's just, uh, men are so funny that way, because they just really, like, have no, like, I was telling you before the podcast that that a comedian I know has a joke about how what happened, puppy drama. Oh, oh. puppy found a hey, puppy found a dead bird. Big day, <laughs> first dead bird, first dead bird, first dead bird. <laughs> Probably um, the cat killed it. How I I know a comedian who has a joke about um how he loves cougars and like he has this whole very long joke about loving cougars, and he is forty one <laughs> years old and i've heard him do it a couple times and um i'm like how does how is she 74 how does that work for you is a cougar still a cougar if you're gross why are you picking up the dead bird oh my god you better go wash your hands yeah bird flew over here he is okay really interesting. you know what now that. that he's out of here i gotta tell you okay well he's back so i'm gonna tell you anyway uh raising a puppy with him is the funniest cutest thing get out of here go wash your hands you know because we so we had that miscarriage and um which was tough and all blah 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 but uh some of it you know was like I was always like oh what would it be like to raise a kid with him you know like what would it be right like to raise a baby with him and raising this puppy I've had this amazing actually like Uh, epiphany about this because like the puppy he's like researched everything and he's like oh you're not supposed to do that with her because blah 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 and you got to feed her her food in this specific way and you have to like make sure when you if you say yes to her you have to give her a treat immediately Like he's so all about the training and he's all about doing everything right and i realized that if we had had a kid together i would be the fun one (laughs) I have never had that experience before as a parent. I would be the one who's like, you're fine, eat it. Your dad's wrong, just go ahead. Like I realize he would be the one that's like, "Um, babies aren't supposed to have blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, ah, they'll be fine. Give them a muffin. You know, like I would be, I would be fun. And I've never been the fun one. And with the puppy, I'm the fun one. He's like, oh, she's not supposed to eat after 8 p.m. And I'm like, here's a French fry, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to be the cool. I'm cool. I'm the cool dad. Yeah,
1: that's pretty amazing. I realized that out of all of Bodhi's parents, I'm the most parenty parent.
0: Oh, for sure. Which
1: I'm always like, I didn't want to be that parent, though. No. I wanted to be like the fun stepmom. But you can't be the fun stepmom if mom is...
0: Rolling up in a Corvette,
1: taking yeah, her kid to I'm school like, with oh, diarrhea. Okay, well, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she took she's like, not only does she have a Corvette, but last week she took him to school twice with diarrhea. Which Dave and I were talking about this. He's like, How does the school know he's got diarrhea unless he tells the school he has diarrhea? Well I could see Bod doing that. uh, Bodie, yes. Yeah. But I'm like I would have died a thousand deaths before anybody at my school ever knew that I had diarrhea.
0: It's again, kids today, they're real (laughs) open about stuff and I love that for them. Like, do you remember when you were a teenager and you had your period and you would like, you would, first of all, die of mortification to go to the bathroom. You would wait in between classes, be late. You weren't going to ask to go to the bathroom. You would go in between and then you would like take the thing out take the pad it out with like crinkly. no crinkling do it as quiet as possible and then you have to put it in the little metal thing and it would, it would always oh, like i wouldn't
1: even b- put it in b- 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 the metal b- thing because just take of it with that, you i would wrap it up and put it in my backpack and yep. get rid of it later and yeah. then it would like haunt me because i'd be like well i've got that used pad in my Why bag what find? am i gonna Can do t- yeah <laughs> and, and is it gonna get stuck I'm on a book and i'm gonna have to like whereas you know,
0: like cat <laughs> like i have so many poop stories about calvin but he recently when he did the sat's finished and then was like went to the guy and they were like you're not allowed to leave until you're done and he was like i have had diarrhea all morning <laughs> and i need to go unless you want to have it. and i was like he announced that yeah. in a room full of people not a care in the world and i love that for them so the dicks are it's out tr-
1: it's true it's true people that, are talking about diarrhea way. i'm like well at least, you know, he was able to tell the school and they were able to email his mom and say, Come get him, because this is now the second day you've sent him to school with diarrhea. Ter- especially know? right now.
0: It's like you don't yeah, take him. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Detailing the Corvette, so, she's busy.
1: Yeah. I I actually had another realization about um kids these days, which is we've been watching the Olympics and uh Buddy was at his mom's for the first week and then he came to our house and I was like the whole time when he wasn't here we were watching and i was like if bodhi comes home and we're watching some kind of a woman's event and he doesn't want to watch it because it's women like i'm like planning this conversation that right. i'm gonna have with him about how you know like all of these athletes are amazing it doesn't matter if they're men or women like blah blah blah, blah. okay so there the week that he was here was only women's events like it was women's snowboarding women's skiing it was ice skating it was women's hockey. He watched all of it. <laughs> there was no, I mean, like this whole time, I'm like, what am I going to, to say I'm going to have to say, <laughs> I'm going to have to, nope, I'm telling you, nope. these are good kids. Like it did not even occur to him to yeah. be sexist about the Olympics. Yeah, I love it.
0: <laughs> I, I'm i telling you, I feel really great about Jim. Oh, and he
1: told me that uh, when his, at one point, his girlfriend was on her period. And I was like, this is a 15, a 16 year old boy. Yeah. And he's telling me, that she, his girlfriend's on her period so he's got to you know he's he's being extra gentle or kind or something to her and i was just like really your yeah.
0: girlfriend amazing <laughs> amazing
1: things that i thought we were supposed to
0: die a thousand deaths yeah about, yeah apparently you can just mention you can just say and your boyfriend's gonna be nice about it yeah i, I like them i like these kids yeah, yeah it's uh, amazing. they're you know and i guess some of it is growing up with me too but like even the other night we were up in our bedroom and calvin came up and was talking to us and then he was like what's that and my vibrator was right next to the bed and i was like it's my vibrator and he was like i know i was just trying to embarrass you and i was like you're trying to embarrass me you're you should be embarrassed I'm you're okay. supposed you're, to never come you're, up you're to this room again because you're, you're supposed to like for life. melt into a puddle and slide down the stairs and he was like i was just i just thought i, embarrassed. I was like oh, i'm not embarrassed i'm actually a little embarrassed but fine he also, oh my God. So he has the nicest new girlfriend. She's so sweet and lovely and smart and talented. And uh, the other day she was coming over to the house for the first time and his room was a disaster. And I'm like, hey, why don't you clean your room so when your girlfriend gets here, she it's not disgusting. And he's like, why? Why would I do that? And I'm like, so that she doesn't like feel uncomfortable or like be like, wow, he's such a slob. And he was like, you told me to always be myself. And I was like, well, I... <laughs> Don't want you to do that actually <laughs> new plan you are a uh, uh, tidy efficient boy is what you are as far as anyone knows and He was like she's got to know if she's going to be with me she's got to know i was a, i'm a slob and i was like oh i raised one of those raised one of those fantastic so that's too bad but yeah
1: well, I think they all are like that until some woman comes into their life and, like, shames them about it.
0: Yeah, I wish that wasn't true. I, I mean, actually, Henry, I will say, it, Henry is so tidy. Henry makes his bed. Like, Henry is the tidiest, tidiest man. And he um, makes his
1: bed, but that's because every morning I tell him to go make his bed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, he's like, oh, okay. oh, oh. I don't make my own bed, but I, I admire people who do. I'd like to be living that life. Um, I don't
1: think that I would be as... Um, focused on it if our house wasn't so small because like from every other room you can see every other room and so if Bodie's, you know room looks like a disaster i'm just constantly looking at somebody else's disaster yeah so i'm like just be tidy so that when i glance in there i don't you know feel annoyed
0: that's our, our kids rooms are all on the other side of the house so maybe that's part of it is like i don't have to be down there and whenever i do go down there i'm like i hate this but also those rooms were our rooms as children. Yeah. So I'm um, like, these are disgusting. And also my room is very like, this is a child, so I got to go. I'm just going to take yeah. my hypocrite ass out of here. And
1: Yeah, I think we were, if we had different floors. We, I went, we went to a friend's house the other day, and they had all the bedrooms upstairs. And I was like, ah, oh, I really miss this. Yeah. The bedroom's on a separate floor. Because you just don't feel like, you know, so in everybody's intimate spaces. We just yeah. have a one-story house. Well, we... <laughs> That's very small.
0: Yesterday, Arthur was ta- was saying something and he was like, I wish we still lived at the apartments. And I was like, you wish the five of us still shared a two bedroom apartment? Do you really? Because that's madness what you're saying right now. And he was like, well, just like some stuff about it. But I was like, I don't ever miss it. I don't ever miss it. It's uh-uh. so nice to not be on top of one another like that. Uh, yeah,
1: my, our houses, I feel like, I mean, and this is speaking as a person of incredible privilege because i have a house yeah but i feel like the perfect size for a house is like between 1500 and 1700 square feet and um that way you can kind of spread out a little bit and have some of your own personal space
0: yeah have some room it was rough in the apartment like if you tried to to be alone kids but like
1: i feel like our house is too small for three people
0: yeah i mean one kid would be in the living room if Alex was in the bedroom, one kid was in the, th- their bedroom that they shared, and w- one kid was in the living room, it was like, you couldn't ever be by yourself. Like, I would go to the balcony to be alone, you know, like our little f- four by three balcony or whatever. Oh, 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 gosh. Is Oakland being mean to you? Yes, Oakland
1: is being mean. And Oakland was supposed to be inside because- But Alex let him out. No, he- Can you close that? Can you put him inside and, and close the door? Oh, Oakland. Oakland, go inside. Wow oakland is so mean he's a grumpy. i hate having a mean dog he's grumpy
0: oh my gosh speaking of mean dogs so when- he'll
1: try and bite you if you pick him up you can just tell him to
0: go in this house oh, yeah you can't he's no. like he's a mad guy just call him and he'll come um chip at first with the puppy we were like pretty you know chip's a grumpy old man and we didn't know how it was gonna go and he was he was a little growly at first. And today this morning, they were romping around, playing, and giving kisses. And they're like best buds now. Yeah, that's and so sweet. it makes me so happy because
1: yeah, Oakland has never. We've had him for six months, and he's never become friends with any of us, including the humans. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's...
1: we're he's, we're seeking additional home care for him. Yeah, you know, he's, a different environment. You've
0: really tried with him. I have. You have tried everything, and he just is a grumpy, grumpy man who hates cats people kids dogs mm-hmm. squirrels squirrels birds mm-hmm. delivery people sunshine <laughs> yeah really anything. <laughs> everything <laughs> um i let's do you want to do it this weekend moms got anything on your mom i was trying
1: to think i've sent you the only this weekend moms that i've had and um I don't remember what those are. One was that my, I was, I tried to send my mom a link for a live stream of an event. And I sent her like an email the week before and said, click on this button at this time. And then I sent her a follow-up email and then I had a conversation with her in person. And then the day of the event, I forwarded her the email again and told her to click there at that time. And then um, she, like during the event, texted me very confused and was like how am i supposed to watch this and i was like click the link and she's like what link and i was like what are you even on like what do you think somebody's gonna like come to your house come to and, your house and hold up an ipad hold up for you? Up a link <laughs> what what is it she never got to watch it and i just finally was like oh i guess we're just n- i'm never doing this again it's like trying to explain to her how to attach something to an email. Oh, no. Like, we're just not doing that anymore. Nope. We're n- Guess she's never going to watch a live stream of something.
0: I, I, several times a week, listen to Alex talk his grandma or my my aunt through attaching a, a file to an email. And he is so patient. And he goes through the whole thing. And he does it, like, step by step. Like, okay, open your email. Okay, now you're going to press the plus button. Like, it's just like... The whole thing. He's so patient. But with my
1: mom, and I don't know if this is your experience, I feel like there's so many people that are my mom's age that are just completely computer savvy, but there's something about, and it's my mom, it's my sister's mother-in-law, it's these people that are, um, it's like a learned helplessness yeah yes yeah that they they actually don't want to learn it they just want to be helpless about it yeah and so that's part of it like they have to just you know like you're on the computer all the time you're doing things on your phone like why are you making it out like this is something hard yeah when it's you've had twenty five years you've had computers in your lives I mean my parents had a computer when I was in elementary
0: school yeah my parents have that same and it's like not
1: (laughs) that different so yeah i feel like it's a learned helplessness and it infuriates me Mm -hmm. because i never want to be the person who's just like i can't do
0: it yeah it's hard my aunt like just like 20 years ago she just decided she was done she was not learning a new thing she doesn't know how to put contacts in her phone she still dials everybody's number she's just done she's not learning another thing she's not contacts she's she's over it and so every little thing like she's trying to send a picture via text and i had to like show her like oh so you go to your gallery blah 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 but she's just done she's not learned anything else so yeah my mom uh we had two funny little things and um one of them was my brother texted me that he had asked her for some scrap paper <laughs> that's right and uh she was like oh i have a stack right here And which my mom keeps the scrap paper up by the cups in the kitchen. That's where you obviously would keep scrap paper. And she got him a stack of it and it's had our old address from Haley and like a header from like a business she had started in Haley, which I, it was called Ventures. I have no idea (laughs) what that was about. It was Ventures. But my mom has had this uh, stack of scrap paper since 1986, just on ready, waiting for someone to ask for paper. And... My my brother was even like, how long have you you've just been car- like m- she's moved several times or like we're just carrying this around? She was like, yeah, well you don't just throw away good paper. And I was like, I get that. Like I kind of feel that. I also hate to throw away good the good paper.
1: I still have notes for my grandma. Like she. um would like she would give me a tablecloth that was a family heirloom and she would write a little note about it so that you would know where it came from but she always used old checks
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> so you turn it over and it's like a yeah
0: you know, like a check from the 70s oh my god that's so funny <laughs> old paper you don't throw it away old paper, it's good paper you don't throw it away <laughs> that's so funny And then the other thing she did uh, was we were sitting over there talking. We went, brought the puppy over and we're sitting there talking to her and my dad. And we've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but this is just like such a bright and perfect example of it. And uh, she told us that um, we just needed to really start saving money, that we needed to start thinking about saving money. And she said, we saved $50 a month and now it's 60K. Now we have sixty thousand dollars for retirement because we saved fifty dollars a month. And I just was like I was so like you said, like instantly enraged. Like I love my parents, I love my mom. Uh they're my parents worked really hard, they raised five kids, you know, they're not shitty they're not shitty boomers my parents are very progressive people and they really like work hard for other people and volunteer and they take care of a lot of other people in their lives and they're really lovely but i'm just like how are you still like we've had so many discussions i have so many times talked to them about how the world is financially so different for us and how millennials are so fucked and uh how it like gen z is like extra double fucked I've said to her like the kids will never own a house like if things keep going like this they'll never own a house Mm -hmm. and yet they still are like they still have this mindset of like we just need to save $50 a month a month Jocelyn and and we'll pretty soon we'll have 60k and she was like you know we just we just didn't eat out and and I just it made me so angry I think I said something kind of snotty back and then they were both kind of like, wow, mm, wow.
1: Well, and the thing is, it's like, even though your parents were frugal and saved money, my parents weren't necessarily frugal and saved money. And yet their money could get them so much more. And so they can't ever figure out like why we're so strapped. Yeah. You know, my dad's like, well, when my dad was 30, he had four kids And they had a home in a really nice part of town, and they had two cars. And my mom didn't even work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like his middle class income allowed them two cars, a house in a nice part of town, four kids going to ballet lessons and karate. Like, and yeah, you could do that. You could do that. And there's, you know, now we just struggle and struggle and struggle. And it's like we have two very middle class incomes, and yet, you know, we, can't take a vacation yeah and my parents always took vacations they went to europe they went
0: on cruises we always went to the beach we went to disneyland (laughs) like my mom's like oh we you know we didn't do vacations and we didn't eat out we just bought land i mean we were really smart about that i'm like because you could afford to buy land at the time you bought a hundred dollars an acre like (laughs) they bought they bought a cabin and like a whole bunch of acreage for like seventeen thousand dollars at the time and like they they still own that and they're like you just gotta you just gotta really like try to plan ahead and think and I'm like no I'm fucked <laughs> forever like I'll probably never own a house because I didn't buy when things were cheap and my credit is garbage and well they don't even know about credit yeah
1: I mean Dave's yeah. mom we were trying to tell her when we were buying a house how hard it was and how many hoops we had to jump through for because David had had you know Problems with his credit because of his divorce and because of his marriage. Um, And his mom was like, what do you mean his credit score? Like, she didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And I was, can you imagine the life where you're not like... I mean, I think about my credit score and how screwed I am or what I could do or whatever, like, once a week? I only don't think about... 70-something years old and it's like never... Was never something she had to think about once. She doesn't even know what it is.
0: I only don't think about mine because it's the lowest it can possibly go. And I've given up. Right. Like I've just been like, well, that's it. Like I had, you know, like had a bunch of medical shit happen two years ago. It had to default on some yeah, stuff. And I was it's just all like, well, just, what do you doing? You know,
1: it's all just like whatever.
0: It's however the
1: cookie crumbles. Yeah. I was thinking about that with all the medical stuff that I've had. Well, thank God that I started at my job at the state when i did because i've since had five surgeries Mm -hmm. and i was thinking you know if i had stayed in my other job one year longer where i had really terrible insurance i wouldn't i mean i would just be it would be for sure medical bankruptcy like for sure
0: which you could barely file anymore mostly they'll just be like we'll just take your house don't worry about it right
1: right and it's just like that was just pure luck yeah that has nothing to do with me planning ahead or being you know, on top of it or anything. It was just luck. What insurance did I have at the time that I needed emergency surgery? Yeah, Yeah. You know, I mean, I just this in December had to have emergency surgery. It was a complete fluke. There was nothing that I could have done in terms of maintaining my health or whatever. So I woke up in the morning and it was like a couple weeks before Christmas and I was laying there and I was like, huh, I feel a little bit funny. And there was a pinch in my side. And so I laid there for like a half an hour and then I got up and I threw up. And I was Ooh, like, okay, <laughs> okay, so something is wrong. And um, I immediately like, bet- you know, called my doctor at eight o'clock, made an appointment to go to my doctor. And then by the time that my doctor's appointment was at which was at 10 I had called Dave and I said I have to go to the doctor and I can't take myself because I was in so much pain Jesus and so I went to the doctor and I was sure that it was my um appendix because Bodhi had just had his and it was like in the same exact place and it was excruciating pain and I was throwing up and uh so I had to go to the emergency room which by the way don't recommend especially not during COVID cause it was a pure catastrophe. The whole place was chaos and we were in crisis standards of care and all this stuff. Oh
0: God, perfect and, timing. Yeah.
1: And um, so I was in the ER for like nine hours and um, found out after all these tests and CT scans and I don't even know what, cause I was just out of it with pain. It was a twisted ovary what the fuck is that it is a complete fluke it's very rare and it's extremely painful it's so
0: weird it's such a weird thing for your body to do to yeah you.
1: just oh we're gonna just twist up this little organ and it's gonna cause so the ovary was dead and they had to take it out um but because i was in the er so long because it was covid and they couldn't ever see me it was like And in the ER, they charge you by the hour. You know, it's like... They do? (laughs) Jesus Christ, our country's broken. Of course they do. Oh, my God. Like, it's the most... That's what they're always saying. Like, don't go to the ER. But what's your other option? Yeah, yeah. There's no other option. I was, like, racking my brain. Like, what could I have done differently? Literally nothing. And it would have been $27,000. They have to keep giving you medication. They keep having to do these tests. Then I had to have emergency surgery at... 11 o'clock at night and I was just like how only because I have this insurance which thank god I did but how many people don't and in certain times of my life I wouldn't have and I would have been so fucked
0: oh yeah yeah but
1: you know if I'd saved $50 a month maybe
0: yeah yeah what I know Alex doesn't have health insurance and my parents you know are our landlords and are, are you know very lovely and out of our hair for the most part but th- they work over fixing something and they needed alex to get on the roof and i was like you get on the fucking roof yeah you get on the roof alex doesn't have health insurance he's not getting on the roof and yeah. they were like kind of salty about it and i was like no absolutely not you yeah. have health insurance you get on the fucking roof
1: and when you don't have health insurance those are the kinds of yeah things that you're thinking about and i mean really honestly the reason that david and i got married even though we love each other and we're glad that we got married was so that he could be on my insurance Yeah, because it was COVID. And I was like, he has to go out and he has to work his construction job. And what happens if he gets COVID yeah. and he doesn't have insurance. So it's like, why are you making these life decisions and financial decisions based on your insurance? Yeah. Which you can't get unless it's tied to your employment. What?
0: Yeah and half the time you get it and it's terrible
1: yeah and then you know and you're still stuck I mean I'm still and then you're stuck now, with I've, now I've got eight. a, I've got a new payment plan for medical you know like oh that's really what I want to do is spend all my hard-earned money I mean I have insurance but that doesn't mean that my emergency surgery was free so now I get to spend my money that I could otherwise be saving or doing something with you know for my life but
0: Yeah, Yeah. I haven't. I had to go to the dentist. Just the kids and I went for like our regular checkup, and um, I haven't had dental insurance in like 10 years. Like I just always have to pay out of pocket. And uh, my dentist uh, made a joke about. He knows I'm a comedian and he's like a fan and stuff. And But he was like, oh, I hope you don't do any political humor. And he's, you know, he's like a Trump supporter or whatever. And he's like, I hope you don't do any political humor. Nothing political, huh? And I was like, of course I do. I'm an adult woman. I do political humor. Of course I do. And he was like, oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. And in my head, I'm like, it's so funny because I kind of always have to like make sure I don't piss off my dentist too much because- uh he's the only guy who takes payments in town he takes you know like you don't have to pay like a 100 a month I've been paying my dentist a 100 a month for 20 years you know because I haven't had health insurance and the the kids do luckily but it's not great but I was just like and then um Dave I went to the him. first
1: time to the dentist uh in 16 years this month
0: really mm-hmm. god damn how never, did it go
1: uh about as well as you would expect i mean actually he went to the dentist last year um and he was so shamed by the dentist that he was really really mad because he's just like you know the gall of somebody you go in there and you're like you know they're like well you haven't been to the dentist obviously and you know he has problems with his teeth he has gum disease he has you know a missing tooth like yeah because he hasn't had Access. He's had no access to dental care. And then they make you feel like you're a loser. Yeah. So I actually went on our Boise Bench Dwellers Facebook page and said, you know, what's a dentist that doesn't shame people for their dental care? And there was actually this dentist who has worked as a volunteer at the department of corrections oh perfect (laughs) and i was like yeah yeah so he went back and actually did finally get the guy like the original dentist wouldn't even give him a cleaning he's like why are you even wasting my time you have to be you have to go to a periodontist
0: jesus christ yeah he should have gone to my dentist because um my dentist is super chill about that stuff and um you know yeah he we don't agree politically but i have um over the years sent so many comedians who were in town experiencing tooth pain (laughs) but not (laughs) just jeff yeah Yeah. not just jeff though that's happened multiple times where like a comedian was in town and they were like oh my god this tooth has been killing me for months and i'm like go see my dentist and then he's just like haven't been to the dentist in a while huh and then he tells them some you know vaguely sexist jokes and on on your way you go so he yeah could be worse i guess takes payments
1: yeah it's absolutely amazing to me that yeah and then we're going to shame people for their their lack of yeah. access to health care which by the way your teeth aren't your health care so yeah
0: you know, which even if you had related, really good health even insurance. though they're
1: in your face on your head doesn't make any
0: sense <laughs> yeah, oh it's so sunny and trip. so beautiful out here oh, and yeah. i'm so glad we did a podcast i feel like i've been a bummer the whole time i can't tell if that's true but i feel like a bummer do you ever just have that where you're just like like I got up today, nothing's wrong.
1: My whole life, my whole day.
0: <laughs> I had to I, I feel actually like a went to ac- today.
1: acupuncture today and you know you have to fill out all that paperwork and cuz I'm getting acupuncture they want to know like more than just your physical health and mm-hmm. and it was like on a scale of 1 to 10, are you frequently depressed, always depressed, rarely depressed, you know, like all this stuff. And uh I was like how can I honestly answer this question? My temperament is low.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have,
1: Yeah, totally. I run, you know, I run, I run 30%. I'm 30%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had a doctor's appointment and they, one of the questions was, have you felt depressed more than um, three times within the last like month? Have you felt hopeless? Have you felt <laughs> yeah. uh, like you can't picture the future? And I was like, <laughs> yeah sure of course yeah abs- uh, every day all the time absolutely and then when the doctor came in she was like so this depression this seems concerning i'm like does it i don't think so i just feel like if you that's where i'm at um, have you been on
1: twitter lately because you might feel similarly yeah,
0: similar yeah. I-, I was like i wouldn't worry about it yeah, kinda- and I'm like my- i'm not
1: here for this today for my acupuncture it's the sciatica mainly oh and the hot flashes oh i've been having flashes. since i had my uh I don't know if it was actually COVID that sent me over or having my um, ovary removed, yeah. but I have had the most intense night sweats, hot flashes. I mean, it's like one of those things, Like I guess it's probably just like anything, which is you can't really um, conceive of it until you experience it because you know it's always like, we're just making fun of women having yeah. hot flashes yeah. and menopause like, ha, 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 oh my God. It's like you're burning in hell. (laughs) (laughs) I am on the bed in the middle of the night. We have to turn our heat off. It's like 58, 60 degrees in the house. I have, like Dave says, (laughs) let me go get you a paper towel for a blanket because I have no blankets on. I have the window open and I'm absolutely, I'm like hot from the inside. Like my insides are just, Cracking. boiling yeah oh my god it's so uncomfortable and i can't get cold i like have to get up and like go stand on the tile floor and like catch my breath i like come out here it's 20 degrees out
0: <laughs> and i'm just sweating it only happens at night
1: well not only at night but it seems to be the worst, worst at night, night. Mm-hmm. That's- and then um like i'll be sitting there just you know working on my computer and all of a sudden yeah it's like a it's like i'm just Heating up on the inside like an oven like I'm preheating mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll start getting I'm like oh no oh no Eric, here we oh, go
0: oh she's getting hot <laughs> here she comes
1: and um so I've been dealing with that and decided to go see if i could manage it with acupuncture instead of with because i really don't want to go on hormones and i don't know because i've heard with omicron people are having i was just gonna
0: say i i've heard that the night sweats thing is like a covid leftover and that people have had it for months afterward yeah so it might just be a covid related thing which is so weird that you just You're just a, you're just gonna have hot nights now. That's one of the symptoms of Omicron. Hot nights. That's very, it's
1: And I, so then, you know, I've never been a good sleeper. I mean, I was when I was a kid or whatever, but, you know, not in my adult life. And so I like that coupled with insomnia. And I'm just, I'm barely functional most, most days. Oh,
0: that, I feel you there. It's like I'm
1: on no sleep, Johnny. And then, you know I'm hot, I'm uncomfortable. I can't i the only way that I am thinking about it lately is I'm so uncomfortable in my body, mm-hmm. like my body and me feel like separate things, and I can't like bring us together mm-hmm. like all I can think of is this thing it's
0: just it's like a it's, coat you can't take off, <laughs> yeah, it really is like That's that how I, feel about my body I don't right if now. I, maybe Stephen King wrote it, maybe not, but the thing about where the guy realizes he has bones inside of him, and then he like calls to get his skeleton removed because he just can't stop thinking about having bones and he's so grossed out yeah that's what it feels like to have a body right now is you're just like this puffy coat that I can't take off of my bones
1: and every time I see a picture of myself I'm like I don't even recognize myself I feel like I'm all puffed up but you know like I'm definitely fatter for sure of course but also I just feel like my body is this thing and it's Yeah, like you said, it's a coat or something. It's something that I can't take off, and it's so uncomfortable for me right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you're – this is all on that questionnaire. Right? (laughs) My body feels like a coat (laughs) that I can't take off. They're like, the acupuncture is not going to help that. It
1: might, though. I don't know. It seems to help everything. Yeah, she didn't seem to think that I was, like – I didn't come across as really weird or anything. I don't think she was like, "Oh yeah, we can take all of this." But then she was also like, "You need to eat more cooling foods." She told me I couldn't eat hot foods, which is the other thing that I love to do. I love to eat spicy food. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, that might be." Oh, me, you know, she got in a cold food
0: diet, huh? Yeah, yeah. she yeah. wants me to eat
1: the cold foods, and I'm like, You "Got Ugh. your liver all your she's liver's like, all bunched up."
0: Cucumbers, spirulina. I'm like, none of these are in my top ten. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Celery, no. Well, I think I think I was having that because we started talking about that like a month ago because I was having the hots. I was having hot nights yeah I was
1: wondering when I brought that up to you because yeah. what I'm wondering is was that pre-COVID
0: because it was, no. we it was also after COVID. got a foam
1: mattress and I think I've heard that the foam mattresses hold the heat
0: yeah I think I was thinking it was the mattress but then I'm not feeling hot anymore so I think maybe it was COVID Yeah, although we never tested positive but we were sick for after Christmas for like a month so I don't know Um, couldn't <laughs> seem to shake whatever it was but I was super, super hot every night. F- like, like you said, feel waking up feeling like I was on fire, and was just like, "Oh my god!" But seems like it's gone away.
1: Good. I hope it goes away, and uh, maybe acupuncture will help. If not, hopefully, uh, psychologically, acupuncture will help.
0: And acupuncture. I, I ask her, do you have anything for if I want to take my body off like a coat? Ask her <laughs> if they do what cucumbers for that. Like, what is the cooling food we're supposed to eat for that? Because I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been sleeping well. Not and I shouldn't even say this. I'm sure Alex is going to roll his eyes because because it's not because of the puppy. Alex has been sleeping downstairs with the puppy so that I can get some sleep and he's been taking her out. So he's exhausted and totally tired. But I've had that same thing for like since for like a week. I feel like I can't get anything done. And I feel like I'm kind of just like bonking around. Although I did get a good amount of writing done this week. And I um, was finally able to figure out... Here's a fun thing I'm doing. Uh, For the second episode, I wanted to write about Calvin's birth. Then I decided because I've never written about, talked about, or even remembered those details of Calvin's birth. Like it's always been like a hot potato. Like I just don't like to think about it. And then I was like, actually instead of that, I'm going to write an entirely different story. And and then I was like, well, what if I write it as a fictional story? And then it came back to just write the thing that you're supposed to write. You know, in that time where you're just like, no, 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 these are all too hard. I'll do 50 other things and waste a bunch of time. And then it came back down to it. So I've been writing the, ca- the story of Calvin's birth, um, which is funny because I had asked his dad if he would be Willing to be interviewed for the podcast so we could because he was the only person there, obviously, other than the insane midwife that we had. And if he would be willing and he was like, nope, I never want to talk. He said he would think about it. And later when I asked him, he was like, I thought about your request. I never want to think about that again. I never want to talk about it. I purposely never think about it. Uh, and I was like, okay, so I'm not just being a baby that I don't want to write about this, but I'm trying to. I because I feel like it's it's part of a larger story. And interestingly enough, something I've come to in writing it is that uh, I think part of the reason um, it's been so hard to write about for me is because uh, I, for a long time, okay, I read this. I read this thing today, um, or like a couple of days ago, actually. Um, that was talking about how sometimes to like tell a story properly you have to let go of the or, the original wounding mm-hmm. that is keeping you as you're telling it in the past and so that you can tell it from the present and so I spent like a few days like meditating on that and really thinking about it and I started thinking how not just that story but a lot of the stories in my life when I go to think about them or talk about them I feel emotionally as though I'm still in that moment like I'm still experiencing that from the moment instead of from right now does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not when i when I started thinking about Calvin's birth uh, or some of these other stories instead from like uh the present moment as an adult woman, I was like calvin lived you lived like things are fine it's a traumatizing story but like if you take it from a different spot it's actually i was able I was able to start writing it from this other perspective and it's really helped and I've been actually be like I've been writing about a bunch of other stuff too and I don't know i maybe that's very trite and people are like yeah No shit. No,
1: I would say I actually have been realizing that my problem is the opposite, which is um, I I think I'm habituated to writing about trauma because I kept the big book of bad dates, which it sounds like it's a trite thing, but if you actually go in and read it, it's a lot of processing.
0: Yeah, um, there's a lot of really
1: hard times and yeah, and and sadnesses and worries and so I wrote that way for basically a decade and I've been having such a hard time with my novel I think because I can't I'm not living trauma I'm actually I mean sort of external trauma you know Trump and the coronavirus and all things like that but Personally, in my interpersonal relationships, my relationship with Dave is just very even keeled. You know, we we rarely even have a spat. Um, I'm much more settled in terms of boundaries with my family and things like that. So a lot of that stuff that I need to muster up for my characters, I can't access right mm-hmm. now. And I keep thinking like, well, maybe I just need to be more upset. I need to have like some kind of, emotion I need to channel some of that somewhere because I'm not getting the depth in that I know I need to have and that I want to have but because I did so much personal yeah exploration as as a writer instead of imagination I didn't have to rely on my imagination yeah. very much um I mean so um that's where I'm coming from and also I have I think it's this whole resiliency thing, which I'm realizing is one of the cruxes of like every single person's life, which is, are you resilient or are you not? And um, I'm incredibly resilient, but part of my resilience is forgetting. So when you say like you're writing this story from your experience um, and you're back there, I can't even remember which was why it was so hard for me with with the Michael thing like I really have to go back and read the things that I wrote in order to even remember what happened and there's been so many things like that in my life like I never go back and think about it Mm -hmm. I just don't and I don't even if I think about it it's a very surface level thing you know like I could maybe remember what you were wearing but I could never remember what you said and some people have that memory like so seared and there's things that should be seared in my brain but instead my brain is just like
0: bing no, no you don't have to remember that you. don't worry yeah so it's so hard i think like i think i ha- i used to be like that like if 10 years ago we were having this conversation i because i think i had a very from my childhood i ended up very pollyanna and um in fact looking back at myself in these stories that i'm telling at the time i didn't think they were traumatic stories like i didn't right. deal with them at the time and i was very like nope and it all turned out fine and it was great and um i a lot in fact a lot of the personal flaws in these stories come from my refusal to admit that something terrible is going on mm-hmm. like it within my marriage within our living circumstances with you know There are so many, so many details that at the time I am trying to present to other people as things are going great. Things are really good. You know, I'm sure some of that was from getting married so young and feeling a lot of pressure to be like, nope, we're really happy and we have it all figured out. Um, But like, then I did a whole bunch of therapy and like, you know, process all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And so now it's like, I can't write it without the pain of it but when I was, when I started writing about Calvin's birth, I was like, you know, I was not worried about this at all. We moved to Mississippi from Boise when I was seven and a half months pregnant with no plan, no health insurance. Uh, just found a midwife off of Craig's, or I think I found her off the internet somehow. And, um, you know, just was like, how you are when you're young like that, where you're like, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure everything will be fine. And even after it very definitely didn't work out fine, although we both lived, I still didn't want anybody to know that. So I still operated as though things had gone according to plan and everything was okay for a really long time. And it wasn't until like much later where I started to be like, I guess that was kind of fucked up. And I feel like I spent 10 years from 30 to 40 being like, I guess that was pretty fucked up, huh, actually. And I have like now, and all of these details have come back to me. Like when you start remembering that stuff, it is such a flood of details and you start remembering, like I remember everything. And um, yeah, and I think, I think some of it is that I'm sort of sick of writing about trauma. I'm sick of writing about how terrible things are. And so as I've been writing these, some of what's been hard is like, I don't really feel like writing all this heavy, heavy shit. But I can't tell, like the other day I sat down to write like a funny story about something that happened and halfway through I was like, this is a very sad story. I see. But it's like hard because I want to talk about those things and like share those things about my life. But I'm also sort of sick. I think we all are. You know how we were talking the other day about how everything in marketing is like storytelling, storytelling. Oh, storytelling. But I feel like after like with covid and everything people are fucking sick of storytelling people are fucking sick of trauma and i think you're gonna see storytelling and like fictionalized stories like go away from trauma and go away from like uh maybe that's why everybody liked that one soccer man show so much um ted lasso so much i didn't i didn't end up watching it but um it's because it was just about like at least the first season as far as I've heard is like just about kind of like people kind of navigating a very boring situation and like that can be very comforting. So maybe don't put a bunch of trauma into these characters. Maybe people are sort of sick of that. Like we all dug so deep into trauma for so long. And then all of a sudden now the um, professionally like all the therapists are like, oh, turns out we're not supposed to do that.
1: Well, also I think our generation and I don't want to get into like, you know, generation bashing or anything uh, because we've done that plenty. But I was thinking about that in terms of, like, drone boy and how dysfunctional he is and how much I feel like there's people that just live in dysfunction. Either that's because that's how they were conditioned or, you know, whatever. But but so many of us are like, I'm not into it. I don't want to be dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, like, I actually want to be functional. I, I don't, you know, I think there's people that live in like hideously bad marriages oh i was i was talking to a friend and she's like yeah three people who i know who have had long term like 35 40 45 year long marriages are getting divorced and she's like i'm just so surprised at that and i was just like i think that our generation or at least my peers i should say who have gotten married later in life are so much more realistic about what a relationship is how to navigate it like putting energy towards having it be not
0: terrible Mm -hmm. whereas so many of our parents were like we're gonna just stick it out which is really horrible screaming is normal that's how we (laughs) communicate you know that was so normal like I never really
1: wanted to get married because I always looked at my parents with this long-term marriage and it seemed like just so awful I was just like oh I don't want to do that for 40 years did I'm like if
0: I could do 40 years with Dave easy oh yeah it's just not like it's the opposite i'm like oh no what if we only get 40 years babe i want 50 i want 75 i I do feel
1: gypped i'm like yeah these people had an 80 year marriage. oh you
0: can't no gypped is way bad it's (sighs) it's mean to the gypsies gypsies. you gotta say well i I honor the gypsies what is the (laughs) what are you what's a better word for that ripped off you can say ripped off i feel ripped off feel ripped off there you
1: go um that I don't get to have more time with him because we didn't meet till we were 40. Yeah. yeah. But um, also I feel like the quality of our relationship is going to be so much higher. So even if we only get 40 years, uh, at least we didn't have 60 years. 20 years of screaming
0: and codependency. And I know I think that's some of what has changed is like, so I wrote this book that I'm kind of working on now. I wrote it first when I was like 35 and then again at 36 and 37. Like I've rewritten it so many times and I've always been, I've always been so frustrated that, like, it never got published. And, like, rewriting these stories now, I've been so grateful that nobody published it or, or, you know, nobody read it, really, other than a handful of people because my attitude towards everything is so different. Like, even, you know, the stuff with that happened with our first birth between me and, you know, my ex-husband, for a long time, I think I blamed him. Like you said, like, I'd never saw how addicted I was to how toxic our relationship was, you know? I never saw that, like, I really stayed for a reason for a long time, and that was because, like, I think for a long time in a lot of relationships in my life, I was really addicted to, like, giving away my power to someone and giving away control. And, like, from the outside, that can look like one person's really controlling and the other person's a saint. But the reality is, is, like, like I over and over, not just in relationships with men, but in friendships too, a lot of times like got into relationships with people who were, you know, really cruel to me. and and, But I would stay mm-hmm. I, and I would seek that out over and over again, you know. And I, I don't know, like a lot of this stuff has sort of been being able to see like my own peace and things and and seeing.
1: Yeah, I spent a lot of my early years in relationships erasing myself like like embracing whatever stupid hobby they had or I would even dre- you know end up dressing like they did it's like well what jeans do they wear like oh then I'm gonna wear those jeans or they wear an oversized flannel so now I wear an oversized flannel <laughs> like I look at Dave and I'm just like oh no we both just have our own clothes
0: yes yeah, yeah you
1: guys are not like <laughs> I'm not like oh, I'm gonna another. buy the same shoes as Dave now um, although I have bought a couple of. On my never-ending quest for a pair of comfortable shoes. Oh my god,
0: these, Joss! Oh my god, are those? They're all not. They're not the cutest, okay? But are they Albert? I don't know. What are they? Yeah, they're so comfortable. They're yeah. such mom shoes, but they're the only thing that doesn't hurt my feet. They're well, so amazing. I can't amazing. wear shoes that have
1: that usually lace up. Like anything that's a tennis shoe is gives me instant blisters.
0: I, I have blisters right now. Yeah, yeah, I have blisters, but I've and been powering So I can wear I clogs,
1: believe. but you can't wear clogs. Um, you know on a hike
0: yeah that's good yeah so i've gotten these are though they're really comfy they do give me blisters i have to put a band-aid on but i'm i'm like i'm breaking them in they're gonna be really comfy and like, they finally
1: went to the uh the what's it called rosen dolls or rosenthal's or whatever mm. it's the like you know foot health shoe place and the, he, old, man he, place. the old man shoe place old man shoe place and he absolutely loved it he got 60 dollar inserts Ooh. or insoles <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> He's
0: like, you have to go down there. I'm like, oh. I and then you, I were, you had to get $60 inserts. <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel like, I feel like it's, like you said, like I before couldn't admit these terrible things about myself. So I just stayed super dysfunctional. And maybe when we were talking at the very beginning of the podcast about why do you buy a Corvette? Maybe that's why at the end of the day is because you're like, I'm not going to deal with any of this other shit about myself. I'm not going to approach why i keep ending up in the same dysfunctional relationship i'm just gonna buy a corvette and feel something for the 15 minutes that i drive it every day and that's enough you know maybe that's it they're gonna gonna drive we're all getting corvettes (laughs) (laughs) sounds good Well, this was super fun. Thanks for having us on your. B- okay, oh sorry. perfect, oh, perfect. All right. We managed okay. to get through
1: what two hours of wow. no barking. But the- then the neighbor came home, and it's Friday night. Um, well, your your dog is looking so cute and skinny and teenage right now. I know, I know. She's, she's adorable. very skinny. She's got those sure. long
0: legs. She's a long guy.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see what she grows into. I think she's really beautiful. I mean, that's not something that I ever say about no, about she dogs. Is, she's very beautiful she's
0: really beautiful she is and she's so mellow and so sweet and uh oh, really the easiest on easiest thing in the world i am so good at picking dogs there should be a service i offer where i go and i help you pick out a dog
1: I, me, I, I usually know. am too but then i got i got oakland, yeah, oakland. and i really you know the it was murray it was grief it was murray grief but also i've gotten dogs at the shelter who you know the shelter is one of those places where they they're so out of their element that it's often hard to see what That's the personality very, very is. Yeah. And like when I got Murray, he was so, and with Schnauzers particularly, they get really, really depressed in a shelter environment. Like he wouldn't look at me. He wouldn't sit next to me. But as soon as I brought him home, he was like, oh yay, I love yeah, my home. And
0: he was the warmest.
1: And so I kind of thought that was going to happen with Oakland too. But anyway, no, I've had really good luck and it was just one bad.
0: Yeah. You've had a, a run of very, very good dogs. Oh, well, we love her, and um, she's so smart, and she's so smart, huh? You are. Look at you. You're a genius. She's the cutest thing. So cute.
1: And okay. I, okay. So we'll be back in two, two weeks. weeks. Oh, I, I do want to say, please, if you can, rate and review us on whatever podcast
0: yeah. outlet we you're using. We have had this podcast for... Since 2016 is that real oh my god yeah so for six years Mm -hmm. and we've never made much of a push to get people to listen to it we've never promoted it a whole lot we've always kind of just been like we have some really wonderful diehard people who watch and listen and love it. And I've just never really paid much attention to whether or not people are listening to it. Cause I just like being here. Yeah. But no, it's mostly um, for us. we decided this season, we were like, let's get it out there. Let's start getting it moving and, and see what we can do with it. And, um, and I still don't even really care But I do want people to rate and review it Well
1: I do want I want people to rate and review it Because um, when I go to sell my book It's better for me If if I look like a content creator with followers yeah. Which is actually I loathe that Yeah. But that's how you play the game And so um, I have my blog Which used to get like major readership But I haven't maintained it since 2016 Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm like Well that's
0: old hat yeah
1: and can i say old hat or is that racist
0: (laughs) i think you can say old hat (laughs) hill you know what i heard another one that i didn't know hill to die on is not good oh right is that anti-native yeah well i i think it came from i mean essentially yeah at the end of the day anti-indigenous and i was like oh i use that one a lot i think i say hill to die on pretty often so yeah. we just got
1: to come up some with some new fun ones yeah we're like really
0: we need some
1: new cliches yeah
0: we do need <laughs> some new cliches um but please yeah do rate and review us if you listen or watch and um we are gonna be and really it, and good it, about the and schedule if you don't like us Fuck don't off, listen
1: <laughs> don't rate and don't review we Doesn't matter. I, I noticed our last one we didn't get our our uh thumbs down like we usually did
0: um they're hiding them now youtube doesn't show you the thumbs down anymore oh really yeah so she's probably still there (laughs) i don't know (laughs) she's probably still out there somewhere i hope not i hope she's moved on and is just living life and and enjoying her man and you know having fun but yeah who knows not our problem um but yeah we'll be back in two weeks 2 p.m um 2 p.m. Fridays every other week. I may or may not do uh, an open mic. I got to write some jokes if I'm going to do that uh, this weekend. But next weekend for sure if I don't do it this weekend. And um, that's it. I think that's all I got. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching.